Welcome to season three of Spotless, breaking the boundaries of television, where creative, technology, and television converge. Brought to you by two media trailblazers, Triple Lift and Advertising Week, Spotless brings you conversations with the industry's boldest and most inspiring voices. I'm your host, Alexis Ruff, and with me today is Scott Donatin, Senior Vice President and Head of Marketing at Hulu. Scott, welcome. Thank you for joining us for the third season of Spotless. Thank you, Alexis. I'm really excited to be here, and now I hope I can deliver on being bold and inspiring. I have no question that you are going to be able to fulfill today's mission. First off, congratulations to Hulu on adding another 300,000 subscribers last quarter, which now brings a subscription total to 45.6 million total subscribers between live and on-demand offerings. What do you think led to such an impressive increase in subscribers? Thank you. I mean, yeah, we're really excited about it. And overall, I mean, in the two and a half years I've been at Hulu, we've gone from under 30 million subscribers to that current number. Look, at the end of the day, it's about having great content that appeals to a wide variety of audiences. And if you think about it, especially this year, we have critically acclaimed award-winning shows like The Dropout, Only Murders in the Building, Dope Sick, reality favorites like the Kardashians and films like the Academy Award-winning Summer of Soul and Deep Water that really continue to deliver for us. And this year alone, the Kardashians showed up as the number one most watched series premiere on Hulu in the US and on Disney Plus and Star Plus globally. Only Murders in the Building became our most watched comedy premiere. In our 14-year history, Deep Water became the number one most streamed film opening on Hulu based on the hours watched in the first three days. So really there's this idea that if you have great content, if you have great things um, that people are buzzing about and feel like they have to and want to see to be part of the cultural conversation, that's ultimately the biggest driver of subscriptions. So a lot led you to where you're at with 45.6 million subscribers. Let's talk about your career, your well-decorated career prior to this. You have an impressive creative background across agencies like UM and Digitas. Can you tell us how you knew that the creative side of media was where your passion was? I began my career as a journalist and spent the first uh, 17 years of my career as a journalist and the first few years of that covering the media industry. And I think that everything I've done in my career since has been about storytelling in one form or another and has really been more specifically about the intersection of entertainment, marketing, media, technology, all with story at the center of it. And that's that's the thing that I love the most is whether I'm telling stories on behalf of a brand or whether I'm telling stories about Hulu's stories uh, to our audience to draw them to it. It's how do you tell stories that will move people, um, connect with them and drive them to action. And ultimately that's the passion for me that ties everything together. And there are some people who've looked at my career journey and said, wow, it almost seems like you've had three different careers. But for me, those things have been a very clear thread through everything I've done. It sounds like the Madison and Vine combination has really come to life throughout your career. When I got the call from Hulu, I absolutely felt like it somehow had taken all of the earlier things I had done and was the direction it had all been pointing in without me knowing it. So very much so I'm living Madison and Vine now. With so much competition when it comes to streaming, How has Hulu had to adjust its strategy over time to retain these subscribers and to manage the expectation of what we now expect as endless binge-worthy content that audiences are looking for? 
You know, I think it's about remaining viewer first, which is always very important to us and constantly looking at how people's behaviors and tastes might be shifting and how we can best take advantage of that. During COVID, uh, it became something where obviously uh, helped to accelerate the adoption of streaming behaviors for a lot of people, not something you can take for granted. We never take anything for granted about our audience and the, and the constant shifts in what they do, but definitely embedded streaming and particularly the, the services that were the leading ones with the most things to offer in people's mind. And I mentioned all that great original content that we've had. And I think in addition, as we've become truly fully part of the Walt Disney Company is how we have harnessed the power of the partners and the content engines within the Walt Disney Company to enhance the Hulu experience. So you think about ABC News, 20th and Searchlight as film studios, FX, Freeform. Uh, we're really working with so many of the other content creation engines and studios within the Walt Disney Company to bring things like American Horror Story or Fire Island to our platform. And so we continue to be this next day home of so many of the hottest and most popular shows on network television, like Grey's Anatomy, like Abbott Elementary. But we've now really evolved the offering to be about our award-winning originals, about news, about sports, about film, and really becoming the place where you'll find the most of what you love. Delving into kind of what your life is like at a day-to-day -day basis, how much of your time is spent deep in the creative process versus planning and strategizing of how to break through as a brand? It would be almost impossible to separate out, but I would say that one of the things I've done is that in a role that oversees everything from subscriber acquisition, engagement, and retention, consumer insights, creative brand marketing, ultimately we operate under this idea that Hulu is a campfire and that everyone in marketing, no matter what your role, if you're a motion graphics designer on the creative team, or if you're a CRM specialist on the lifecycle marketing team, your job is to, to help bring as many people around our campfire as possible and then to give them the reasons to keep coming back over and over again. So I would say that everything I do throughout the day is just this constant mix of all of those things to just basically make ours the most popular campfire that people want to come sit around, regardless of, of the lever that I'm using at that moment to do that. I love it. And I would also say as you know, my creative experience, I love also the you're never doing the same thing from day to day. It's always a different focus in a different direction and trying to bring all these pieces together. So I still connect with that mentality. Hulu is, like you said, a campfire with so many things. And there have been so many brand approaches of late that have worked so well. Hulu has live sports, better ruins everything, one Hulu. And somewhere in between all of that was a Super Bowl spot with the one and only Tom Brady. To say that Hulu has produced some memorable and breakthrough campaigns over the last couple of years is truly an understatement. How would you describe the brand today and how is your team continuing to break through in a sea of direct-to-consumer services? We've always had a, a voice that is, you know, at the end of the day, it comes back to the content that we're marketing and, and how we tell that story. But I think that we've always done a really great job of telling that story with a clear and, and recognizable brand voice, one that is fun, one that is a little bit irreverent, and one that even when we use celebrity talent, we often do it with a wink that we've had the latest spots in our sellouts campaign, which used to be known as Hulu has live sports is now Hulu has live TV to really reflect the breadth of that offering. But with LaMelo Ball, we created a fake cereal with him called LaMelo's that include marshmallows and even did a full version of, of the equivalent of a 30 second Saturday morning TV 
serial commercial with him, with Jean Morant. We created a fake series of leisure wear um, with him. But, you know, everything in there kind of uses this sense of, of fun, but also ultimately is really hardworking creative that gets across the point that Hulu Plus Live TV has over 80 channels, has all of your favorite live sports, and also has breaking news, and also has the full streaming libraries, not just of Hulu, but now of Disney Plus and ESPN Plus as well. So in everything we do, it's like, how do we make creative that both will really resonate, will make people smile, uh, will have this irreverent tone of voice, but will also deliver the messaging and the calls to action that we need to really educate people and move them. We loved the Lamella Ball ad within an ad that was so fantastic, showcasing the Hulu Plus Live TV offering. Can you talk more about Hulu Plus Live, particularly around sports and events like concerts and any upcoming initiatives that are in that vein? Sure. I mean, it's, it's funny. We, we have things that are within Hulu Plus Live TV that is really essentially, you know, the offering that is just like cable for you, for those who want all of their favorite broadcasting cable channels, who want these SVOD libraries, who want access to breaking news and live sports. We also increasingly are having live events available to our SVOD subscribers as well. And for example, we've just done a deal with Live Nation to become the streaming home uh, for the next couple of years of some of their festivals, such as Bonnaroo. So it really is ultimately about giving our audience the things that they love and that we know they're seeking. And the idea that you can find Bonnaroo and Lollapalooza and Austin City Limits over the next two years and hopefully beyond only on Hulu is a great competitive advantage for us. In terms of the content that Hulu works with on a constant basis, how do you determine what kind of marketing of original content is going to break through in today's culture and, and resonate with audiences? Is it luck? Is there a formula be behind the successes behind the campaigns for you know, Handmaid's Tale or Only Murders in the Building that you can share about what goes into developing those? I think it starts with talking to and being in deep conversations throughout the whole process, but even from before a show goes into production with the show creators and the showrunners, and really understanding what is the story that they want to tell? Why does it matter to them? And how do they hope that people feel as they watch what they fade? And that informs everything we do. So we start with that because truly uh, one of the unique things about you know, marketing of entertainment is that we're telling stories about other people's stories. And you know, our goal was really to take this precious thing that, that means so much to these showrunners and creators and talent in front of and behind the camera and help tell the story about that in a way that will attract the right people and the most, you know, sometimes the most number of people, sometimes the right people, hopefully both to that title. And I think that how you do that, the tools in that toolbox are always changing. So while trailers and key art obviously remain very important and effective tools for us, we're constantly looking to what else do we have in our toolbox that is the best way to engage this audience and the best way to tell that story. And that can be anything from using new technologies such as projection mapping, which we did for Only Murders in the Building for season one, whether it's the creation of after shows as we did for season four of The Handmaid's Tale, or how we speak to younger audiences on TikTok where we just hit a million subscribers. It really is just knowing what is the story that we wanna tell about this story? And then what are the best ways to tell that to reach the audience that we're aiming at? I love that so much. The conciseness of you're telling a story about a story is a description of marketing that I don't think I've ever actually heard or represented in that way. So that's so fantastic. Uh, I will be using that, um, FYI. I hope it's not copywritten. Scott Donatin, 2022. Just skip credit when you use it. 
That's enough. So knowing who you're attracting with these different campaigns, how do you leverage insights on Hulu audience behaviors to activate marketing? We're incredibly data-oriented and always has been. And it's that great mix of using data to inform decisions, but but obviously also always using gut and creativity as, as tools as well and, and how those things come together to augment each other. But you know, we we have nearly 15 years of data at this point on our subscribers to help inform every decision we make. And that really plays into everything we do, whether it's approaching and segmenting audiences based on their tastes rather than on you know demographics or, or gender or other ways that people might break down audiences and really just kind of celebrating fandom and understanding that there's this mix of kind of high and low culture, if you will, that goes into people's obsessions, knowing that everybody Everybody has a unique experience. Every single homepage for every Hulu subscriber looks different based on who they are and what they've watched and their activities. And so not only does that drive what we do, but it drives how we speak to them. So we have a new brand campaign coming out that uses the idea of a Hulu motel. And if you think about you know the variety of people who stay at motels and from all walks of life and all there for different reasons and with their own interests... And so really using the idea of a motel to drive the idea of people checking into their obsessions, regardless of what those are. We also used our subscribers' behavior at the end of last year for our first Your TV DNA campaign, where we were able to get people who opted in a personalized recap of their own viewing habits, make other recommendations based on that, have something in a very shareable format so that they can compare with their friends. And hey, I was one of the top viewers of this show, this is my favorite genre, this is the kind of fan I am. And so it all comes back to how do we use data to basically celebrate and fuel fandom? It really humanizes the notion behind marketing. And I loved the DNA billboards that I saw around LA, but it gives these things almost a personified feel of a a motel, a DNA. It's how do people connect very, very personally with these stories? Fandom is so personal and and it really is that way of like, how do you have a mass audience, but really have everybody feel like the experience and the marketing are made for them. So if that's the relationship between viewers and Hulu, what's the ideal relationship between advertisers and storytellers? You know, I think advertisers are storytellers as well. And that's the kind of biggest shift to me. And this, this speaks to the Madison and Vine of it all that you mentioned earlier, which is a book that I wrote, Gasp, 20 years ago. But the idea is essentially that how can brands and and storytellers come together to make things that are worthy of people's time? And I think that, look, I mentioned earlier that we have a viewer first approach to everything we do. And I think it's important that that means that even our advertising experience on Hulu should be viewer first. So we're constantly looking into exploring, researching how we can improve the advertising experience on Hulu for the win of everyone, for us, for the brands we work with and for our audience. And that results in everything from new ad formats and technologies such as our binge ads and pause ads. And with our branded entertainment team, it is partnering with brands to tell stories that are worthy of our audience's time, whether that's Exposure, which is a reality series that we created, photography competition series uh, with Samsung, or whether that's A Woman's Place, which was a partnership with Digitas and Box and KitchenAid to talk about gender inequality in restaurant kitchens helmed by an Oscar-winning director. It really is comes back to brands 
adding value to people's lives and creating things that are worthy of their time or rewarding their fandom, you know, or in other ways, enhancing their overall experience. That's something we are always striving for. You said that a brand is a promise and the product experience is the delivery on that promise. As more innovative forms of advertising continue to emerge and develop, what impact do you see this having on streaming? I think that streaming is in many ways a fundamentally different way of viewing. And we see how people's behaviors are fundamentally different in streaming than they were in in linear and than they may be in, in other places. And as part of that, I think that we have to look at the advertising experience itself has to evolve. So, you know, if, if everything else about this experience is different and is tailored to the strengths of streaming, including, you know, the on-demand nature, the personalization, how can we continue to evolve with our brand partners, the advertising experience uh, in that way as well? It's just ultimately on some level, it doesn't make sense for everything about this to be evolving and for advertising to stay the same. And I think brands realize that and come to us in that sense of partnership of how do we make better things for streaming audiences. We like to end our conversation with a look forward towards the future of television. Based on all of the growth data and trends that we're seeing to date, to you, what does the industry look like five years from now? Will streaming services continue to offer consumers the option to choose between AVOD and SVOD? Absolutely. I think I think choice, I'll take that kind of a step further, um, choice in, in delivering people and having them create for themselves the experience that they want. You know, right now that reflects itself for us between, for example, Hulu with ads, Hulu without ads, Hulu plus live TV, Hulu SVOD only, Hulu bundled with Disney Plus and ESPN Plus. I think choice is going to be at the heart of it. Um, Audiences want choices. They come at this from different places in terms of, you know, what they want, what they need, what they can afford. And I think that the key to that is offering choice. I don't know that anybody can predict what this industry will look like in five years. If they can send them my way, I'd love to hire them or they can take my job. But I do think that it's the services that are most in touch with their audiences and that are giving them the experiences and the content that they want. That will be the ones that will win out. I mentioned earlier and maybe more than once because it is the filter through which we pour everything, but but it's about being viewer first. And if you are continually viewer first, if you make that the filter for all of the decisions that you make, you will create the best experience and you will win. Could not agree more as a group of viewers listening. What should we focus on coming to Hulu this summer that we should check out? There's really so much going into the summer, which is great, especially as we enter June and Pride Month. We have a great film in Fire Island. We have Love, Victor season three, but we we have so many new and, and returning shows and, and films, whether it's a second season of Only Murders in the Building, a highly anticipated Pistol from FX, films such as Not Okay and Good Luck to You, Leo Grand and The Valet, which we just launched, the Orville season three. So this is not a uh, summer slowdown. Uh, the string of great things to watch will continue. And we know people will have a lot of options this summer, um, what else they're spending their time doing, but we think we're giving them lots of things to love. We cannot wait to see the shows and the campaigns behind the shows. Scott, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I've enjoyed being here. Thanks for listening to Spotless. To hear more from our guests, find us in the Apple, Spotify, and Google podcast stores. Tune in next week for more from the boldest voices across creative technology and television. 
I'm your host, Alexis Ruff. I love TV and I hate camping. <laughs>